Well, hello, my friends, and welcome again to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely blessed day today. And interestingly enough, according to the media, you know, the pullout withdrawal from Afghanistan is allegedly over as they met the demands of the Taliban, allegedly, is what they're telling everybody. Even though they left behind hundreds of Americans still, while they prioritized, according to reports that I'm hearing now, hundreds of thousands of Afghan evacuees as far as basically in refugees, and there's still hundreds of Americans on the ground. There's videos streaming around last night of basically the Taliban parading around, playing with their new equipment, figuring out what to do with all their new toys. Another video, too, of them basically flying around a black hop with somebody lynched to the bottom of it, like hung, like from the neck, flying around with somebody hanging, just parading bodies around now. That's the level of depravity these groups do. And what's interesting about it enough now is I don't think anybody at all believes the narrative about this being basically a failed withdrawal or any of the other lies that we've continually told because when you start looking again at the equipment and the 22,000 Humvees and the 155,000 MRAPs and the 634 armor personnel carriers and the 64,000 belt-fed machine guns and the 358,000 basically uh, M4s and various weapons and the 16,000 sets of night vision goggles. By the way, a lot of those night vision goggles are anywhere between four to $8,000 per set. And essentially the $85 billion arsenal that they've been handed to you can't for one second think that this is an actual evacuation or withdrawal from a country. It was simply a full-blown armament of the next fighting team that they want to use to push their narrative. And remember, they're only a pond hop away. I mean, we think the Middle East is just this far, far region, another land back in, you know, Narnia time. It's not. It's right down the road. I mean, it's not hard to get over here. All they'd have to do is basically hire a couple cargo boats, barges, and load up equipment and load up gear and basically set sail over here. And quite frankly, from what we've seen, I don't even think the State Department or the DOD would do much about it. They would say, well, they're mostly peaceful. They're coming over here because they want to spread their European Middle East values on the American populace. Uh, some stupid crap like that, quite frankly, as far as we've seen now. And uh, that's pretty significant fighting force with the equipment that, ironically enough, the United States citizenry isn't allowed to have. We don't get the option to go buy MRAPs. I mean, I'd love to own one of those things. I know they're a ton of maintenance. They're unbelievably heavy. They're like 45,000 pounds. I've played in one of the ones that our sheriff's department has over here. And um, they're, they're big, big vehicles. I don't know what you do with them. I mean, as far as true, you know, troop transport, but I mean, they're pretty cool to have. They're huge. And, uh, but just ironically enough to see this happen over there, it's very clear of what's going on. I told one of my buddies that actually used to serve, he deployed over the Middle East multiple times. And I was talking to him yesterday via text. And I told him, I said, always remember, I said, nobody else talking about this. I said, always remember Afghanistan sitting on roughly $3 trillion worth of rare earth metals. I said, including the largest lithium deposit in the entire world, larger than Bolivia now, on top of iron ore, copper, gold, silver, and that, that whole list just goes on. 
And he goes, are you serious? I said, yeah, here's the article. I said, here's an article all the way back from 2012 when they were talking about it. He goes, dude, I've never heard about this before. I said, yeah, I know. That's the point. I said, you think the banker boys that run the wars, you think the banker boys that run these countries, do you think they're literally just going to turn around and tuck their tail in between their legs and leave a country that has the largest lithium deposits in the entire world while they're trying to turn everything into EV vehicles? Did you think that for one second? He goes, no, no, you're right. I said, obviously, there's another play here behind the scenes. I said, I know China's already moving in. And I said, the bankers have already pretty much poised, set up China. They've set up China to be the next global superpower. You can already see where this is going with them because China's been such good little lapdogs as far as their communist government and doing exactly what they want, whether it be setting up a Chinese social credit score to whether it's setting up the largest surveillance system of any civilian populace that's in recorded history with I think the roughly 700 million CCTVs they have now, cameras floating around everywhere. And I said, this isn't, this isn't going to stop here. I said, whatever they're doing, they're planning something big, and they're blaming it on basically this horrific evacuation. I said, it's not that. I said, granted, it's horrible what's happening. It's, I feel bad for a lot of the Afghan people, and I feel horrible for the American, Americans that have been left over there and had their backs essentially turned on them by the U.S. government and the U.S. Marines that were sent over there, that now we've seen the videos and the text messages that they basically were told the last week that they essentially had to clean up the entire airport base and all the, the feces covered in the bathrooms from everybody using it and all the trash thrown outside. They basically were told the last week that essentially they were janitors. That was their job, to go clean up all the trash so the airport was in good shape. So essentially when the Taliban came in, uh, that's they had a nice clean airport to take over. That's what they implied. I mean this whole thing has turned into such complete and total – up is down, down is up, right is wrong, wrong is right. It's so clear where it's going with this. And it's interesting because Zero Hedge put out an article that I thought was very interesting. It said the empire's fate. And it said America under siege and at crossroads. Nothing lives forever and nations are no exception. It said the reasons for the downfall of great nations and empires are complex. But if you want to see a great country decline and crumble, it is simply enough to watch it cancel its own culture from within and destroy its economy through abandonment of simple values and fiscal irresponsibility. And he's very clear about that. And quite frankly, I don't think Tyler Durden, obviously the writer they always says on this, I don't think it's fiscal irresponsibility for the most part. I think the banks know exactly what they're doing. They're just not held to an accountability. So they have no, they have no side effects from doing anything. And it said, unnatural culture and economic conditions will lead inevitably to social polarization and civil unrest. A country without memory is a zombie, and deleting the past destroys the future. And that's a very, very well-said quote from him on this because he's exactly right. When you start coming in, you start canceling the culture like we've done now over the last really solid 10 years, 10, 12 years now where you've had these groups come in and say, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't talk about this, you can't speak freely, you can't basically, you can't say anything about what you want to say, but you have to call us by all this weird stuff and these genders and these cross-dressing pervert ideology and all this weird stuff they want, but you can't talk about your other topics that you want to promote. 
you can talk about this and that section because we'll allow you, but you can't talk bad about Antifa and BLM tearing down statues all last summer. Isn't it ironic that you haven't heard a peep out of Antifa and BLM this year? Mm-hmm. This is ironic. You haven't heard a single peep, not a peep. Last year, for months, we literally were besieged like an outside military invasion coming into this country. Almost every major liberal city, Chicago, Portland, L.A., New York, from coast to coast, you had groups so coordinated and so effective, ironically, kind of like they were paid mercenaries running around burning down buildings, tearing down statues, assaulting state and federal officers, killing people, pulling people out of their vehicles and beating them unconscious, fire burning entire strips of property in cities. But this year, man, seems to be so awfully quiet. What? It's funny. I, I guess not a single bad thing happened this year. I guess there was not a single case where somebody got arrested or somebody got shot by a cop. I, I guess that's just Is that what happened this year? No, what's happening this year, my friends, is very simple. They need the focus of the conflict to stay in a singular fixed position. They need the conflict to stay in the context of vaxxed versus unvaxxed, masked versus masked. If you haven't seen now, that is the new war this summer. Every single year, the media brews up a new conflict. You could just go back in history, whether it was some kid getting shot while he's walking through a basically neighborhood at 6 p.m. wearing a hoodie, basically jumps on the uh, local individual who's basically doing the the neighborhood watch with the Zimmerman case. I saw that all summer. Or whether you see the BLM and Antifa rifle, you know, basically uh, go in and start rioting. Whatever the case may be, you can look it up. It's very simple. They always have a problem. They always cause the issue. Then they stir it up for months via the media, and then they bring in the solution, which is nothing more than them having more and more and more control. Well, this year, they didn't want to have any type of sidetracking with BLM or Antifa. They wanted all the focus, all the hatred, all the negativity with the mainstream media to focus on one single topic, COVID conflict. And that's exactly what we see now. You have this, this, this pol- polarity. You have this giant diversion in this country now about, well, if you've been vaxxed, you're good. If you haven't been vaxxed, you're bad, and you're starting a war. You need that's to be exactly arrested. Right. You need to be thrown away. You don't need to have any place in society whatsoever. And they're focusing all that energy on this. And right now I told you, Afghanistan, there's something way bigger behind the picture, but they've used Afghanistan now. Now look what we've seen. The FDA came in. And completely subjugated, I mean, didn't even do it legally, came in and completely and totally lied to the American populace and said the Pfizer injection is basically approved now when it was actually the community Pfizer injection that's not even available, hadn't been manufactured for another year or two. That's the one that actually got approved without any legitimate testing. But yet they told you the Pfizer injection is approved. Now they're telling the entire military, all these businesses are doubling down now, saying by the beginning of September, the second week in September, you got to get injected. But all that happened right now while nobody else was paying attention. Then we've had this massive, massive storm hit L.A. or uh, Louisiana over here, New Orleans. Horrific. One of my good, good friends, the lineman, he's out there right now. He sent me some photos. I mean, it's nuts. I mean, the power lines look like a doggone jungle gym down streets. I mean, I'm talking look like a jungle gym. 
I mean, just crisscrossed up, down, sideways. It's, I mean, it's horrible. And, I mean, he said it's going to be weeks before they restore power down there. Hmm. I wonder if there's going to be any issues to focus on down there for the couple weeks. There's going to be any civil unrest. Well, we'll see. But, again, this is what they do, and they do it very, very well. They're making sure they control the narrative. They keep everything going in the direction they want. And then when they want to bring the COVID narrative back and give everybody basically back under that, They'll drop whatever news is going on, and they'll go right back to, oh, we've got a new Zulu variant coming out now. And I told you guys an article. It came out last week. They said, oh, we're already, we're already looking at seeing what variant's going to come out next year, and we're going to make a vaccine for it. This shot has been one of the most profitable scams in United States pharmaceutical history. One of the most profitable ever. You're talking the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars in total gross revenue for all these pharmaceutical companies combined. And one single type of injection and this isn't a joke this isn't an accident this wasn't by oh they messed up on this or they did this and it's getting worse they're making it worse because the injection is the spreader that is a fact now numerous doctors numerous virologists have come out now and said that this is what's causing the problem you cannot vaccine yourself out of a respiratory virus this is going to make it worse this is going to escalate it and this is going to become more and more of a problem when you're dealing with spike protein rna injections that for some odd reason some people that have no idea what they are want to spout out about what they actually do when you can actually listen to dr malone who was the individual who created the rna spike protein for this shot and it said we made a horrible mistake this is not what we thought it was going to be used for this is not what we thought it was going to do do your own research on it my friends what do you think dad uh, absolutely 100 percent. now my voice is a little bit messed up today and uh I either sound like james earl jones or barry white i guess so just stay with me for a minute here but the reality is austin's 100 percent right and you know, there's a movie that came out a few years ago with Sandra Bullock, and it was called While You Were Sleeping. And what's happened in the United States, because we've been lulled to sleep with what's happened with you know, the fluoride and the antidepressant drugs and the tricyclic antidepressants and the serotonin reuptaker drugs and all the different opiates that people are using now, we've basically gone to sleep. And the United States that we knew as children in my age group from the 50s, it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. The Frankfurt School has been completely and totally effective in the last 70 years of destroying our educational systems and destroying multiple generations of children and Americans who would have been patriots. That's where we are right now. You know, now they're telling us that the USA is officially out of Afghanistan. Well, here's the problem. The international banking cartels who control all of us through their interlocking corporate directorships with State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard, and the bloodline families. They've decided that the United States is out of Afghanistan because they've got to start strip mining you know, lithium in Afghanistan, which is extremely pollutive, and China's happy to do that because China is also a Rothschild construct. And we just don't realize this is what's going on. And people say, well, is China doing this and China doing that? No. China is a Rothschild construct. It is the Rothschilds. It is the international banking cartel bloodline families that are doing this, and it have been since the times of Napoleon. 
remember what happened when Napoleon had, you know, was fighting at Waterloo and all the things were going on and they basically cornered the stock market in the Bank of England because they had insider information and the Rothschilds came in and basically took over the Bank of England at that point. This is exactly what they've done through all of the countries around the world. They've taken over their international banks, their SWIFT accounts, their transfer accounts, and they control everything. Now, obviously, our elected representatives, the majority of them, have made deals with these overlords. Now, whether or not they're claiming they're going to be able to live forever or they're going to have untold riches in Swiss accounts, whatever they've been told or they've been told that they won't divulge the information that Snowden has on them as far as sex with minors, drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, homosexual activities or whatever they're involved in. As long as they keep their butts quiet. Remember, Wayne Allen Root was on our show years ago, and he said that. He said they have all of this stuff on all of these people, and they have a choice. They can either shut up and do what they're told and have massive riches and huge retirements, et cetera, et cetera, or they could all be impeached and go to jail. You pick it. And see, that's apparently where we are right now. And the USA has abandoned its values, totally abandoned its values, and they're not willing to do anything about it. Now, in the, in the, in the suburbs, in the rural areas where we still have people that are patriots, you know, we're going like, this is nuts. Why in the world have we allowed ourselves to be put into this position by a bunch of Kabbalists who worship Lucifer? Of course, they don't call him Lucifer. They laugh when we say that, by the way. When we say they're Satanists, they laugh. <laughs> they they really do. They think they think we're ignorant because we say that because that's what they were ta- we were taught in our Schofield Bible Zionist churches. What these people are are Kabbalists. They worship a snake in a tree called Einsof. Now, when you say that, they stop laughing. They realize that hey, wait a minute, the boy's awake, the girl's awake. What the heck? They're seeing what we're doing, and this is the ancient Canaanite religions that have still been running the planet for thousands of years. There are a lot of people out there right now. One person in particular, I'm not going to mention his name, and he came out of nowhere. I mean, out of nowhere. And also now he has millions of views on the Internet again. Search engines are pointing at him. He doesn't say much during his interviews, but he never, ever discusses real issues like the Frankfurt School or the Kabbalists or the Luciferians. Or what's going on, how should I say, in Israel with Zionism. Guys, that's always the acid test. If they don't talk about Kabbalah, they don't talk about Israel, they don't talk about (laughs) this group of people that run the world through the international banking cartels, and they give you all of this information, these people are paid opposition via the CIA, via Operation Mockingbird. Now, when you hear them start talking about the stuff that we talk about, in fact, I was talking to Jeff Rents yesterday. And he said the Ted Nelson Brower show, our show, is probably the only show out there that really ties this together with what's happened with Christianity, et cetera. And so many of you send me these really nice emails and letters and say, you know, I really didn't understand what you were talking about until after I started doing the research. And you're right. It always goes back to the same group. I said, I know. And that's the problem. These people who do these other shows, they know that, too. But they won't go there because they're on the payroll of these other guys. You know, look back all the way to that pervert Sigmund Freud, who was a Kabbalist, worshipped a snake in a tree, total Satanist. He said that all women had all kinds of problems because they had, well, how should I say, penis envy. That's what his words, that children all wanted to have sex with their parents. The guy was a pedophile. He was a weirdo. He was a cocaine addict. And then his cousin, who had been sexually abused, Bernays, he decided to take the teachings of Freud 
and how to basically group think and manipulate people through Hegelian dialectic, through problem action solution into the advertising world. This is the guy who did all this. And he was also a Kabbalist. But nobody wants to discuss these guys and what they do. So what we end up with a situation is we've been basically led down a path which has become the death of freedom. I mean the Taliban is holding mock funerals for the British, America, and NATO forces as thousands take to the streets to celebrate victory over the West after the last U.S. flight took off. I mean they've left thousands and thousands of Americans there while they brought in hundreds of thousands of Afghanistan Taliban young fighters. The Taliban victory parade took place in Afghanistan yesterday and today after the last U.S. troops left the country overnight. Sneaked out. They snuck out in the middle of the night. Coffins draped in the U.K., U.S., French, and NATO flags were paraded through the streets by the Islamists. Thousands of people waving Taliban flags turned out to watch after fireworks were let off in the cabal, Kabul, Kabul overnight. Meanwhile, Taliban leaders paraded at Kabul, Kabul airport alongside troops decked out head to toe in Western gear. Hundreds of American and British citizens were left behind during the evacuation, along with thousands of Afghans who had been promised sanctuary for helping the Western forces who now fear for their lives. This is the level of depravity that we have here in the United States from our leadership now. And this is not, I repeat, this is not Joe Biden doing this. This is the international banking cartel. They're the ones who run the United States. They're the ones who own everything, 90% of all stock market. This is that group. This is the group that tells Biden what to do. This is the group that told Trump what to do. <clears throat> this is the group that told Obama what to do. All the way down to Kennedy. They told Kennedy what to do. He basically said, pound salt, we're not going to listen to you. And they blew his head off in broad daylight on national TV just to prove to everybody else what they were willing to do and what the extent of their resolve was. This is the same group that Kennedy said he was going to expose before he got out of office. And their intent was to enslave us. Well, here we are, right, 60 years later, been enslaved. And the American people have lost their resolve. While we were sleeping and while the pastors sat in the pulpit with their 5013C corporations and refused to tell the truth and preach the real Jesus, most of them, this has happened to the United States of America. And the sad part about it is unless we go back to the fundamental principles of the word of God, which are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives again, including our own personal families and our relationships, this isn't going to get better. I'm telling you guys that because Jesus is the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of the faith. It's through the blood of the Lamb that we've been sanctified. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith. And without that, there is no hope for the United States anymore. And if we don't have some type of, how should I say, massive, massive revival in the United States, bringing the people back to Christ, the United States is going to go on the ash heap of history probably within five years. And as far as our government, it's going to completely be dissolved, disbanded, destroyed, and the United States is going to basically default on all of its international debt. It's going to go the way of the Soviet Union, which is going to be broken up into its satellite states into the original countries again. We'll probably be broken up into multiple FEMA districts, which is what they've already projected. So guys, we've got to continue to pray in the aggregate that Jesus Christ will continue to be in our hearts and our minds, and that the people in these churches, these pastors who are unwilling to preach on anything besides six months on the life of Moses right now, and four years on the life of Abraham right now, and 10 years on what happened to Pharaoh. I mean, I mean, unbelievable. And yeah, they will not talk about masks. 
They will not talk about vaccines. They will not talk about anything. Why? I'm going to say it again. So I guess you missed last week's programming. The Masonic Lodges infiltrated the Catholic Church in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. They did so in order to get the Vatican Bank to work with running drugs. This is why they did it, through the CIA. At the same time, through Operation Mockingbird and through the Masonic Lodges, they infiltrated the Christian churches using Zionism as a guise and became elders and deacons and pastors in our churches to disrupt what real Christianity is and to destroy the very fabric of our civilization to bring in their new world order under their stupid snake. This is where they are. This is where we are. And so if we don't stand firm in what Jesus Christ tells us to do, it ain't going to get better. And by the way, I was right yesterday. We were the first really big show that reported on Robert David Steele dying. He is gone. He is dead. The Daily Mail picked up on the story now. And so, guys, listen to me. Patriots are going to start getting knocked off. I'm letting you guys know that. Now, I didn't agree with everything Robert David Steele said. He got all wrapped up in that Q movement. And at that point, we stopped having him on the show. But when he first came out, he started talking about Zionism. He started talking about what was really going on. He was on point. Just let you know that. My condolences to his family. Austin, what do you think of what's your next story, bud? Absolutely. He, he did come out with some pretty strong stuff, especially at the start. And another thing, too, that people, we have to start maintaining and we have to start being vocal about it in this country is we have to be proud of being Americans. This whole concept of which they've been trying to indoctrinate these younger children with this critical race theory that America is bad and Americans are bad and anybody that lives here is bad unless you're black. I'm just being straight up honest with you. That ideology is absolutely has no place in this country. Everybody is created equal under God Almighty. This concept of coming in and saying, well, you're bad because of your skin color, it's straight racism. It's the same thing that we fought so hard to get rid of years ago because it was so bad. We're watching it happen again. And worse, we're teaching kids to hate their country. And trust me, my friends, if we allow ourselves to go down this slippery slope, they will hate their country and we will have no country. One thing that dad said so succinctly, and there's been numerous, numerous reports on this over the last 10, 15 years is that the stated goal essentially is the new America is basically exactly that, breaking it down. You know, Mexico gets a small chunk of basically the south, southwest. California wants to take over the whole western coast. Canada absorbs a bunch of the northern states. And basically you have some of the southern states that basically turn into the island territories with Florida and uh, yeah, then Europe and Russia come in and basically take their sliver out of the pie. If we're not careful, exactly what's going to happen is what he just said. We're going to be the old USSR. We're going to say, oh, yeah, remember the old USA? Yeah, I remember the old USA. It was a pretty cool country here. Uh, now we got walls all through the country. Now you got to get passports to get over from Mississippi and try to get into Kansas and try to get into Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, there's a wall there. You got you actually got to get a waiting period to get approval to get into their country now. Say it ain't so, my friends. And the only way to make that happen successfully is you have to teach people and you have to teach children that America is so bad, this is the only way to fix it. If you have 330 million Americans and we all say no, no, the answer is no, not going to do it. I don't like it. We're not going to do it. We're going to maintain our country there's a reason why they don't make kids pledge allegiance to the flag 
this is why majority of the liberal universities and everything have no aspect of the, you know, Declaration of Independence or the Constitution or freedom. This is why universities completely and totally intentionally fail to teach critical thinking, actually how to function in a real society, how to use your brain. They simply indoctrinate, repeat, and tell the kids to do the same. Ironically, so and, and it's, it hasn't been any more clear than this year when it comes down to this insane RNA injection that nobody bothers to figure out whatsoever. They simply go, OK, cool. You told me to take it. I'll take it. Even though the first cruise ship that's 100 percent vaccinated has now been quarantined. Knows you haven't heard anything about that because a ton of crew members and basically um, passengers came down with COVID. You now hear this. Duke University, 98% fully vaccinated Duke University starts its semester. Mask mandated in all indoor activities. Weekly testing required for all students. Yet 364 people have now tested positive this week. All of which, except for eight, eight, that was it, were fully vaccinated. Response? Mask harder. Masks are now required outdoor, and all classes are going online for two weeks. All indoor classes and indoor activities are now suspended, and you're not essentially allowed to do any activities with anybody outside of your dorm. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make up the stupidity anymore, guys. Notice, they didn't say they had 364 hospitalizations. They didn't say they had 364 COVID deaths because they couldn't they couldn't figure out how to make that happen. You got some people that tested positive because they're injected and they're producing spike protein, so they're gonna constantly test positive because they're a walking spike protein pathogen site. They're gonna constantly test positive. This is why you required to test weekly. Because they want to keep the narrative going. The masks do absolutely nothing. If the masks work and they were wearing them in all indoor activities and all indoor classes, then how did so many people get infected? The masks are there to remind you to be scared and to remind you to comply. Remember, this is not the first time masks have ever been used. You can go back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years all the way back into Egyptian times and then all the way forward even through the dark ages you will find depictions you will find pictures you will find writings of individuals being masked muzzled metal basically girders put in their mouth big old head pieces putting on so they can't open their jaw and they can only breathe through their nose this is not something new. This is not some new concept. Muzzles have been around for thousands of years. They're designed to prevent people from being able to talk to one another and communicate, and they're designed to basically degrade that person and lower their self-esteem and make them believe they're nothing more than a dog. And that's the only existence they have is to obey orders and keep a muzzle on like a dog. That has been the primary and only usage for a muzzle on human beings ever in recorded history. And then suddenly, suddenly, people are so stupid across the globe, they go, oh, if I put a cotton cloth on my face and I breathe through it all day long, it'll stop me from getting a virus. Yeah, that, that'll work. Why, is, well, why does it work? Well, because doctors do it. Doctors do it when they're in surgical rooms. Um. Newsflash, moron, 
doctors don't go into surgical rooms and actually do surgeries on people if they're sitting there coughing and hacking with a respiratory virus. They wear masks so they don't get any type of saliva into the wound. They're not using them to protect themselves from getting a respiratory virus. This is the concept that's so ironic with people sometimes when they have this, oh, well, CNN told me to wear a mask, so I'm going to wear a mask because it works. Trust the science. What science? What research? I remember when I went to the school board meeting, I literally had a stack, 40 different research articles, all the way from current to 2020, all the way up into 2005 that went into details on discussions and research studies of what masks do, N95s, what they do with the flu, and so forth. And every single article, at the very end, they simply go, there's no significant research that is showing, there's no outcome that's showing that these masks prevent transmission or contraction of flu viruses or COVID in some of the cases. In fact, it shows quite the opposite in most cases. Long-term mask usage reduces oxygen consumption, causes lightheadedness, dizziness, decreases basically alkalinity in the body, increases acidity, increases cancer, increases chances of bacterial pneumonia. But yet people are still doing it because they're told to do it. I told you guys yesterday, the SEMA auto show, the largest auto show in the entire world out in Vegas, they came out with their press release and said, well, because – the state of Vegas is still requiring masks indoors. Everybody's going to be required to wear masks inside SEMA. Now, you think about this for a second. You're going to SEMA Auto Show. For an inside booth, it's anywhere from $40,000 to $280,000 for a booth for the week. That's how much it is. That's how expensive it is at SEMA if you're a vendor. And you're going to sit there now, and you're going to try to have conversations with clients, with customers – with other vendors, and you're supposed to sit there and have body language and speak to one another. By the way, if you've ever been in that convention center, it's unbelievably loud. There are so many people in there, and the place is packed wall to wall, the entire convention center. So now you're supposed to sit in there while you and your future employer, you know, customer is wearing a mask, and you're supposed to talk and to converse to one another about certain topics. Okay, yeah, that, that's, that's going to work real good. That's, that's going to work fantastic. I'm sure that's, you're going to have some great communication there. No, what you're going to happen is you're going to have a lot of people taking their mask off, and you're going to have one or two things going to happen. Either the convention center security is going to be walking around like roaming patrol, which I highly expect them to do because of what they're going to try to do with the city there, and they're going to be telling people you have to put a mask on or you're going to be required to leave. That's what I think they're going to do. See – if you could actually get people to grow a set, excuse my vernacular, but I've had enough of this, and you had the entire industry that came out there, even 40%, 50%, doesn't have to be everybody in the convention center, and all these vendors that have dumped a quarter of a million dollars on boost, and they all get in a big meeting, they talk to this group and this group and this group and this group, and they all come together and they say, you know what, how about when none of us wear a mask? Okay, we're not going to wear a mask. No, we're not going to. You got 5,000, now you got 10,000, now you got 20,000 people convinced and we're not going to wear a mask. They can't kick us all out. And that's what we saw specifically at the meeting with the school board. They tried to do everything they could to lock the door back and forth. Lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. Finally, a lot of the uh, moms started letting more people in. You can't let more people in. No, no, we are. We're going to let more people in. 
They tried to lock everybody outside so nobody could come in and speak their mind about what was going on. They do not like numbers. When you start dealing with large groups of people, it is impossible to control them over an extended period of time because you become overwhelmed by force. This is what you've seen with a lot of the protests in Australia and stuff like that. Now what they've done now, they just let everybody go out and protest, and then they get everybody a facial recognition camera. Then they come back and arrest people and find people when they're done protesting because Australia has been the template for the New World Order. They're seeing how far they can take Australia before they have a full-blown violent civil war with pitchforks and machetes because they're not – the Australian populace isn't going to show up with machine guns. They don't have any. So they're, they're pushing them to see how far the human – basically psyche and the human population will allow them to take this. And sadly enough, well, they're, they're getting away with it. Ironically enough now, you basically have over the health secretary, Gavin Wilson, which is interesting enough now. This is from the Daily Mail over in the UK. Prime Minister Borla, Bor, Boris Johnson has told people to exercise – care and common sense before hugging loved ones. Now, Health Secretary Gavin Wilson has dampened the mood ahead of the new school year, saying that despite the impending relaxation of COVID restrictions, you know, we've relaxed the restrictions. You know, we've relaxed them. We're being nice to you. We're letting you do a little bit more stuff. He said pupils should not get too carried away with their new freedoms. Their new freedoms. Wait a minute here. You shouldn't get too carried away with your new freedoms. You, you, you mean the ability to walk around freely and communicate with one another? You, you mean the ability to give your friend or family a hug? That's your new freedom now? Does that mean you're giving me this? You're giving me the ability to actually live freely and hug my family? This is a joke, guys. Children's teachers and other academic staff in England returning to school this week will no longer have to wear a mask. Whoa, whoa, okay. Social distancing rules such as bubbles where children were forced to stay into fixed groups have been relaxed now. They go Ridiculous. The absolutely delighted that children can have some semblance of normalcy after 18 months of restrictions, but it's important not to get too carried away with these new freedoms, said the health minister. Well, if you've already figured out the narrative on this, this is only going to be temporary again. This is going to go on. This is what they've done now. They give you a little bit and they pull it back again. They let you come up for a little bit of air so you don't drown and implode, and then they yank you back down. This isn't going to stop until we make it stop, and I cannot be any more clear on that. Whether it's in America, whether it's our UK friends and family, whether it's our European friends, whether it's Australian Health Masters family, this doesn't stop until we make it stop. And I can't say that any more succinctly. That's why Florida was so rebellious last year, and it's funny. I see social media these clowns, these bloggers, these trolls constantly blasting Florida. And you can tell it's not just people online that are just picking on Florida. There's actually paid trolls that are being paid to say comments about Florida. And I see it all the time. And it's funny because Florida, ironically enough, has been one of the healthiest, safest states, period, 
all across the country, and we've had virtually zero restrictions. Otherwise, we've had a few counties that have been completely totally morons when it comes to restrictions like Miami and stuff. But yeah, there's not much to fix down in Miami. I, you couldn't pay me to live there. I'm, I'm sorry, our listeners that live down there. I know the beach is really nice, but the leadership in Miami has absolutely killed that county, in my opinion, when it comes to reality and to freedoms. But this is where it stands, my friends. This is where we're at right now. We're right on the cusp. Where it's coming now with this vaccine mandate, this vaccine requirement. That's right. This will be the next push into more and more tyrannical behavior if we don't say no right now, Dad. What do you think? Uh, you know, Austin, we've been saying this for a year and a half now about the masks and the lockdowns and everything else and how your business is not essential and we're going to put you out of business and how your restaurant will be out of business and your clothing store will be out of business and unless you're Amazon or Walmart or one of the big box stores, you're not essential. And so we're going to shut you down and destroy the middle class America and basically give all of the people in the country free money so nobody wants to work anymore. We are going to bring you fully into a communist dictatorship and yep. destroy the United States on the way. And that's what they've done. This is literally the American descent into communism slash fascism slash oligarchical rule slash, how should I say, a feudal system. And the American people simply don't realize this is happening. I mean, it's astounding. It's absolutely astounding. I mean, look what, you know, I don't particularly, I like General Mike Flynn, but he's also a hardcore Zionist. I don't understand where he's coming from with all of that. But Chase Bank right now has just canceled General Mike Flynn's personal credit cards. Think about that for a second. He's a three-star general. I mean, very few few generals ever are enlisted and officers ever make it this rank. He was the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. He played a key role in shaping American counterterrorism strategy. He also was recognized that Obama's policy towards Syria was a failure. He did all of this stuff, and now they've canceled his credit cards. And you think about it. You know, Trump put him in as the national security advisor, and then Trump ended up having to pardon him. I mean, what an unbelievable mess that turned into. But, you know, why is General Flynn even accepting this? He should do a national press conference to say to Chase, you know, we're no longer going to be associated with you. You guys have had $920 million in fines for manipulating precious metals in the U.S. Treasury markets. Chase is so, so unable to buy by the law that over the past years it has paid $35 billion seven hundred million dollars in fines it is a direct offshoot of the federal reserve bank and the taking over and the enslavement of the united states by 1913 by woodrow wilson and the federal reserve act and so we need to understand who these guys are you know look at jamie diamond he's the ceo and the chairman of chase bank by the way he's also good friends with donald trump general flynn's reputation despite the sword efforts of the new york times and stephen halpert is still pretty good People want to know why Jamie Dimon is immune from prosecution. Harvard Law School reports that in 2013, Jamie Dimon paid $13 billion just in 2013 to buy Chase's way out of a Justice Department array of criminal and civil charges. You know, General Flynn didn't have to pay $13 billion to pay off the FBI Director Comey. So what does Chase Bank's action against Flynn really mean? Well, really nothing. It's just they're polarizing the country and saying he's a bad, bad guy. And see, is there any such thing as a high-level banker in Chase or, you know, or Citicorp or any of these giant banks that are owned and controlled via the Federal Reserve Bank? Are any of these guys even honest anymore? I don't think so. I mean, it's unbelievable how many people out there have given themselves over to the corrupt 
Rothschild banking cartel oligarchy and its total world rule. And again, this was done, for those of you who haven't heard the show before, as far as me talking about this, Samuel Untermeyer, who was a hardcore Zionist in New York, he went to President Woodrow Wilson with a, basically a, a lawsuit. Uh, you know, Basically, he extorted Wilson by a woman that Wilson had an affair with while he was president of Princeton that they were going to expose Wilson if he did not pass the Federal Reserve Act. And he also forced Wilson to put Brandish on the Supreme Court, who wanted the United States' involvement in World War One. This is all set up. Wilson was probably him and Abraham Lincoln, as far as and FDR. Those three, they were about they were the they were the uh, satanic trio of the New World Order and what they did. They were horrible people. But Wilson, at the end, ended up dying of syphilis. I mean, he was complete and total babbling buffoon when he died. Had a stroke in office and died right after he got out of the White House. Said that he betrayed his country, and he had because of his inability to control himself from a moral standpoint. And so here we have 100 years later, these major banks now control every aspect of our lives. See, all they've got to do is like they did in 1929, and they know that. See, the Roaring Twenties is what we had 100 years ago when they started making money loose started pumping the money in through the Federal Reserve into their banks, loaning out money to anybody for anything, including stock market speculation. Guys, remember that? Did your grandparents tell you about it? Did you read your history books? Same thing they're doing now. And all they have to do is like they did in 1929, and that is to contract the M1 money supply. Once they tighten up the loose money and they basically make it harder to get loans, all of a sudden these stock market prices are going to fall right back to the floor again. And all of these newly found billionaires and millionaires are going to find out they're going to be losing everything again, just like they did in 1929. And then what they've done also, they put all these naked shorts in the precious metal market. That's why Chase has been had to pay all these fines in the precious metals market for rigging. If, if gold is at 2,000 an ounce, it should be closer to 20,000 an ounce now because of the M1 money supply. If gold is at 2,000 an ounce, they throw 100 million ounces of naked shorts into the market with no bottom, which means it doesn't matter how low the price goes, they buy everything. So they forced the gold back down to 13, 14, 15, 1600, wherever they wanted it to stop. And then they pulled their shorts back. And see, this is what they've always done. That's why it's so frustrating for many of us who've invested in metals over the years and decided that we'd try to hedge our inflation best like the Weimar Republic did in the early 20s by investing in metals. We have a situation now where until they turn loose the markets and stop rigging the precious metal markets, but the reality is this. You know, I went to one of the precious metal sites the other day. I looked at, you know, it's Silver Eagles. You know, Silver Eagles like $34, $35 an ounce now because of the premiums they're putting on them because you can't get them in large quantities anymore. The same thing with gold because nobody wants to sell at these prices because they know that it's not legit. It's the paper markets that's controlling it. And this is what they do all the time. So we find ourselves in this situation that we've allowed the international banking cartel via the courtesy of Woodrow Wilson and the communist FDR, okay, and, and the Kabbalist, you know, how should I say, high-level Mason Truman and Eisenhower and his death camps and all the stuff that happened with World War I and World War II and, should I mention, the Korean War and the Vietnam War. I mean, remember, we, we put our tail between our legs and left Korea too. Oh, that's right. We put our tail between our legs and we left Saigon. Saigon. Why? Again, because the CIA had no further use for it because of the poppy fields. Is that what happened in Afghanistan? Have they realized that China can extract more wealth out of Afghanistan rather than using poppies all of the time and heroin by basically strip mining the lithium 
Is that what the goal is here? I don't know. Or are they going to continue to allow the Taliban to control the poppy fields? That's why they left them $85 billion of armaments. You think about that for a second. It's like Austin said. Some of these night vision goggles are four to $6,000 a piece. That's expensive stuff just to be laying around. And how hard would it have been to pack up the night vision goggles and put them on the back of a C-130 transport and maybe not take a couple of the Afghan fighters along? Just thought I'd mention that. And how hard would it have been to take those Black Hawk helicopters, since there's so much sand over there anyhow, crank it up, pull the screens off the intake, and throw a shovel full of sand through the engine? They'd never fly again. These guys don't know how to rebuild those engines. All that stuff is so easy to sabotage. It wouldn't have taken that much time. You know, Glenn Beck, if you like him, which I don't really care for him, but he's over there trying to bring out people. And he said the federal government has completely, totally stopped him from bringing out refugees himself. They stopped it. They blocked it. Now, Jeff, remember, the one thing I like about Glenn Beck, it's the one thing I like about him, about the only thing. He, to me, he's too emotional. He acts like a weirdo. The, the reality is, is that when he got on Fox, he had that huge show on Fox, and he started talking about the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve banks and what they were doing and how they had enslaved America. Zip, bingo, bam, he was off the air within weeks. That tells you who you can't criticize, doesn't it? That's the one thing I do like about Glenn Beck. But the reality is he backed off all that too now that he has his own podcast. He doesn't do that anymore. Why? Because I guess they must have given him the talk. Like, you don't want to do this, Glenn, or you won't be around much longer. Kind of like all of our friends that seem to be dying and getting sick in all media that are telling the truth. Wow. Well, guys, I love you. I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. You guys are absolutely wonderful, and I think you guys are just amazing. Thank you for your continued prayers for my family, and uh, awesome finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And I mean, where we're starting to see a lot of this stuff, and this is why I called it, it was ironic, you know, when the first stuff started happening with Afghanistan, we started getting the reports, the preliminary reports about all the equipment that was being left behind. You know, I had multiple people kind of start arguing, dude, this, 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 dot, this, this total, total botched pullout. They didn't know what they're doing with this. Biden doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm like, dude, this doesn't have anything to do with Biden, bro. I said, Biden's a blithering moron. I said, he can't even figure out what city he's in half the time. He can't even, he doesn't even know how to talk without a notepad and without cue cards and without a teleprompter. He just, he just shuts down. I mean, just shuts down, just do, puts his head down on his board and shakes his head. Like he's like, he's like a five-year-old. I'm not getting my way. I'm mad. No. That's what he acts like. I mean, he's a child. He's reverting to a child because he's got dementia. And that's kind of sad, to be honest with you. It's some part of me, I almost feel bad for him, but then I don't at all because it's a complete and total stooge. I can't even stand listening to him. That's why I don't even report on him half the time. I told her, I said, this has nothing to do with Biden being a buffoon. I said, we already know Biden's a buffoon. He doesn't even know where he's at. I said, you think Biden's this acute right now that he could orchestrate something this big and still go, oh, man, I don't know. Let's just pull out real quick. I said, he doesn't do that. I said, you, you, he acts like the military is in its own independent in, like industry. The DOD and the Pentagon, they know exactly what they're doing. Whoever is at the top got told this is what you're going to do. This is what we have planned. This is how you're going to do it. The equipment, the night vision, I, I pulled up early. I was actually wrong. Some of the, the quad night vision, I don't know what they got. Some of the quad angle night vision, some of that stuff goes up to thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for some of the brand new stuff. Now, Grant, I don't know what night vision optics they had over there. I know I have a set. My set was not cheap, but it was nowhere near the level that, you know, Gen 3, Gen 4 stuff that they're operating with now. 
And I mean, like Dad said, how hard would it have been to throw it in a crate and basically throw it on a plane? How hard would it have been to basically drive over it with an MRAP if you just wanted to ruin it for no reason? I mean, so you just left fully intact, fully operational vehicles, equipment, night vision, radios, machine guns, the whole nine yards, just just sitting there piled up in boxes, piled up in warehouses, piled up in rooms. We've all seen the photos and videos of it now. This thing was so far from a botched withdrawal, it's nauseating to me because you can tell the entire thing was orchestrated to be used for a much, much, much bigger event and catalyst that's about to start happening in the future. And so it's, again, important. I encourage people, stay prepped right now. I mean that sincerely. I always, 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 not out of fear, out of always constant preparedness. Whenever I'm going somewhere, especially a long ways away, I always have my gear bag with me. It's a nice, it's a, you know, nice thick backpack, but it's comfortable. It's got good straps, good padding on it. I can throw it on my shoulders. I can walk all day with it. I've done it before in training. I've done it before basically going out and, uh, you know, with rifle training and stuff and just use it as a, a small rucksack, so to speak. And I got everything in that to sustain me and Lana for 72 hours. Now, if the kids are with me, that's something that I have to stretch a little bit further. But you have to understand when it comes to size and weight, you can't go too big. Back in the day, I used to have a real big, like a military rucksack that I used to always like throw in my truck and I go places. Well, one of these days, I kept filling it up and filling it up and filling it up. Oh, I got more stuff. I got more stuff. I got more stuff. Well, finally, it turned into like a doggone military rucksack. It was like 90 pounds. Well, I'm not, you know, 18 years old anymore. I can't go run around with gear packs. I'm 33 years old. I'm going to throw it on one day, and all of a sudden I was like, this thing's heavy. I basically started, you know, just kind of doing, you know, some some walking around the property. Dude, within about 10 minutes, I was getting worn out. And I'm like, okay, not only do I need to start training some more, but B, I got to get something that's actually realistic. I'm not training every day with a 90-pound rucksack. I'm just simply not going to do it. I'm too busy to have stuff going on, not to mention my spine and knees can't take it anymore from all the motocross and street racing that I used to do on the bikes. So I said, okay, let's break it down. So I watched an individual, basically Pat McNamara, who's a great dude. I've trained with him before, guys retired military, ex-Green Beret. I mean, dude's sharp. And he started going through one of his videos one day, and then I talked to him in person when I went training with him. I got some more ideas, and he goes, "You need, you know, your basic first aid kit. You got to have, you know, a medic kit, suture kit, you know, uh, tourniquets. You need to basically have some backup food bars in there to keep you sustained. You know, like some some Daytrex or something, something you can keep in the heat, and it's not going to go bad, and it's not going to melt." Have a couple water packets in there. Have a little small water filtration. Have a notepad and a Ziploc bag. Have pins in a Ziploc bag. Have a pistol with a couple extra mags. Have any basic you know, toiletries, any extra toilet paper, a toothbrush. Make sure you have socks, extra socks, and they have to be sealed in a freezer lock Ziploc bag, completely airtight. Reason below is you don't want to get blisters if you're having to walk and you're getting sweaty. There's nothing worse than waking up in the morning from hiking and having to put on wet socks, knowing that you're literally going to eat your feet raw. That's a horrible feeling. So I've always kept dry socks, dry shirt. You know, keep a poncho in there. Keep a you know a couple little extra emergency blankets. I'm personally really big fan of keeping hard maps. I don't mean hard as in wood hard, but actual physical maps. You can get them from AAA still. You can also order topographical maps. Whether and usually I have a southeast region map, I have a state of Florida map, I have central Florida maps, north Florida maps, and basically and then a county map. 
And that's why specifically with multiple compasses, multiple flashlights, as in the event that you got to go off the beaten path, you don't want to be taking main roads. You got to be able to know where you're going and being able to read a map is very, very important. Something that most of us don't know how to do anymore because we've gotten very lazy with GPS, which is what it is. You flip on ways, you put an address, you know where you're going. That's it. What happens if the phone goes out? What happens if your phone dies? What happens if GPS goes out? Okay. What happens if your car runs out of gas? What happens if you have EMP and the vehicle doesn't run? You got to start thinking about multiple variables because the last thing you ever want to do is get caught somewhere and be completely unprepared in order to get home. So that's why I encourage people keep a backpack. And there's a ton of other things you can throw in there that you may need as you know backup stuff. You know that's really really important. So again, do your research on that. But I encourage you to do it. It's not that much money, especially if you buy stuff here and there and start adding to it on things you need. Also, multiple good knives. That's another really important thing to throw in there. So again, stay prepped with what's going on right now. Keep your immune system strong. Use wisdom when going out, especially with all the weird stuff that's happening right now. You, everybody's realizing stuff's starting to get weirder and weirder. People are getting more aggressive. People are getting more hostile. It's just it's what happens when society starts to do this. We're in the first phase right now of societal collapse. I'm letting you know that. It's not going to be something that happens overnight, I don't think. But it's going to be – it's going to get faster and faster and faster. So be prepared. Have the basic supplements you need stocked up. Have your food stocked up. Have your water stocked up and know how to use it and how to transport it if you got to get out of your area. That's also a very important thing. So thank you again, my friends, support of Health Masters. Thank you for standing strong in this fight and getting the information out to people and waking the more people up. That's one of the most effective things we can do right now. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow as always.